sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Hey guys, this is Mark, and we want to welcome you to this week's show. And I think we've got a show that's going to be very interesting, and I'm joined by my comical sidekick. She's lurking nearby. Hello, everyone. Sarah Waits, as, as if you didn't already know. There she is. Hello. Before we get started, we want to give a warning to everybody listening to this episode because it is going to be graphic. We are going to be discussing the harvesting, dismembering, and selling of baby body parts. And it is going to be hard to hear. So if this is something that you think would be too much for you, this is the moment to click off and go listen to one of our other episodes. You may have seen from the news that there's a new article out called Federal Government Caught Buying Fresh Flesh of Aborted Babies Who Could Have Survived as Preemies. And all of this comes out of a nearly 600-page report released by Judicial Watch that proves that the FDA was caught buying and trafficking baby body parts. And some of the parts were used for humanized mice tests. And that humanized mice, so people understand, that's where Mm -hmm. they attach human body parts or try to grow human body parts in a mouse or a pig Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. It's it's pretty uh, grotesque. And some of them were to test drugs. So records indicate that Advanced Bioscience Resources was paid $12,000 up front per baby for babies between the gestational age of 16 and 24 weeks, most purchases were for intact thymuses and livers shipped on fresh or wet ice. Now, we are all too familiar with parts being ordered. Some of you may know, or maybe you don't know, we were the ones who originally exposed the sale of aborted baby parts. And when did in that the, report in come 2000, out? In 2000. Yeah, we had been in undercover about 31 months in an abortion mm-hmm. clinic in Overland Park, Kansas, and in some other facilities where we had infiltrators. So this report is not really revealing anything new that we did not know. No. And this deal about the government buying parts, if you look in our parts orders, Mm -hmm. there's a couple of parts orders there from government organizations. From NIH and others. Yeah, we have one right here from the NIH for fetal tibia, inner femur, spleen, thymus, or liver, as well as for fetal cardiac tissue. That was for the NIH. And we have another one here. From the California Department of Health Services for a liver or thymus or skin from 18 to 24 weeks. Yep. Now, people can go onto our website Mm -hmm. and see all of this information. Yes. They can see everything that happened in the congressional hearings. Mm -hmm. They can see all the information that we've got on this with a few exceptions. I'm going to talk about that later in the show. But the point is that this is all stuff that we revealed and David Delighton confirmed years later that it was still going on mm-hmm. and did some really good work. Oh, and yeah. So there's nothing here that's new. Yeah. Let's go over how this whole process works. Yeah. It is illegal. And I'm sure there are people out there saying, well, I didn't think you could sell body parts. And you technically you, can't. You can't. What these people figured out was a workaround around mm-hmm. the law, a way mm-hmm. to circumvent the law. What they do is they, quote, unquote, donate the part. So if you need a heart mm-hmm. or a brain, you're going to pay $980 for a brain. And remember, that's a price 20 years ago. Yeah. Who knows what it is today. Yeah. But let's say you're going to pay $1,000 to get a baby's brain. Mm-hmm. 
the way they do the system to work around the fact that you can't sell body parts is they say, well, we won't sell you the part. We're going to donate you the part. Mm -hmm. But it's going to cost $1,000 for us to retrieve the part, for us to go get it. Mm -hmm. And the retriever is typically a middleman. He's a middleman. Who goes into the clinics. They'll have an arrangement with abortion clinics to either set up shop and they'll give the clinic a monthly fee or they'll have somebody within the clinic whose job it is to get the parts for the middleman. Right. Now, that system may have been modified Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. We don't know what they're doing now because they've come under such pressure because of this. But they're still doing it, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still being done. The mechanism that they use to circumvent the law may have changed. But anyway, it would be like if you took your Jeep in and it needed a starter. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, Sarah, we can't sell you a starter. But we'll donate a starter to you out of the parts department, and then we'll charge you $1,000 to put it in. Yeah. Now, did you buy a starter? Yeah. And we even have a tape of one of the people that we identified involved in this thing mm-hmm. where she says, well, you're not really selling parts. Well, you are selling parts, mm-hmm. but that's not the way the system works. You know, but we are selling parts. Let's be realistic. You know, that reminds me of some things that Miles Jones was saying during 2020's undercover sting that they were doing of him. Now, to give a little information on this, Miles Jones was the owner slash operator of Opening Lines, one of the quote quote middlemen companies that we identified during our investigation. And after our investigation, 2020 went and did a undercover dinner sting with him. And here's just a clip of the conversation that they got on tape with him. Take a listen. If you have a guy that's desperate for, let's say, a heart, then he'll pay you whatever you ask. What does a brain go for? What does a kidney or a liver go for? Uh, it's market force. It's what can you sell it for. That one fetus, the cost of procuring it is the same, whether you get one kidney or you get two kidneys, a lung, a brain, a heart. It's the same cost that you put into it. But you keep charging. Each resource you can And each time, that's just money in the bank. Mm-hmm. You can charge force. whatever you want right. if he wants it bad enough. Right. And what they realize in this loophole is that they realize that there's no state or federal laws which establish guidelines or limits regarding what is a reasonable cost to get these parts. The right? reasonable cost is whatever the person who's buying it is willing to pay. Yeah. So and you, there's no government or law enforcement agency that's charged with overseeing this system. We have a price list in our report. And I want you to listen to some of these things here. Okay, so a brain, eight weeks or less, $999. 30% discount, though, if it's significantly fragmented. Intact trunk without limbs, $550. Gonads, $550. Bone marrow, $350. So this is like if you needed parts for your car, right? right? Each part, it costs a different amount. There also can be discounts for eyes if you get a single eye versus getting the set. Right. The other thing is that we sat down one time and priced out a baby. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you had a baby and you had orders, which they do. They took orders. Back in those days, fax. Today, it would be an email or something. But they take orders, and then they fill orders based on who they have coming in to have abortions that day. Yeah. And let's say that you had an order for thymuses, eyes, hip joints, 
hearts, livers, brains, whatever. All of which we found orders exactly oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. We've got tons of those orders. You can see every one of them. Mm-hmm. And they ship them FedEx on dry ice. Mm-hmm. But you might get all those out of one baby. Yeah. It'd be potentially possible to get them all out of one baby, especially if you're causing the baby to come out intact. You're not ripping the baby apart. And so now you've got a whole baby there you can chop up and sell for parts. And one thing we found was that there was encouragement to alter procedures in order to obtain parts. Oh, yeah, right. Well, when you have an order for core blood, Mm -hmm. you have to get that baby out whole. Tell them what core blood is. It's just the blood in the baby's body, Mm -hmm. and they'll have orders for core blood. You have to get that baby out intact. Intact, or else you lose all that. It just goes away. Yeah. But the bottom line is, this is a ghastly business. Oh, yeah. Obviously. And a lot of the research that they're doing with this stuff has very dubious possibilities. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody may look at you and say, well, look, medical research by its nature is going to be ghastly sometimes. That's the nature of medical research. And if we hadn't done some ghastly things in the past, we might not have this treatment today, this drug or this vaccine or whatever it might be that they're lauding. And some of that's true. But it's one thing... And we're not against this type of fetal tissue research. Let's make sure people understand that. The question is, where does the tissue come from? Yeah, because you'll see people out there make this argument that these aborted babies, they're just going to be ground up or thrown away. Wouldn't it be good to make something positive come out of this? And see, that's what the abortion industry is trying to do, put a happy face on abortion. In fact, we have brochures from those procurement uh, companies, the middlemen, who are saying, hey, you can use sell this to the woman who's having an abortion. Is something good coming out of this? Right. She's accomplishing something for the... For the for, greater good, For right? the community. Mm-hmm. And again, I want to make the point. The issue is not fetal tissue research. Mm-mm. The issue is where does the tissue come from? Yeah. If you're talking about using tissue from babies who died of some natural cause or babies who were killed in a car wreck and, mm-hmm. and the baby dies, that's one set of facts. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at babies who were intentionally killed and then taking their parts, you've crossed the line. Yeah. You know, it's like using the Nazi analogy again. The Nazis did a lot of experiments on Joseph Mengele. Yeah. The angel of death on on human beings. Yeah. And using the concentration camps. Yeah. Now, if you had that same research being done Mm -hmm. using people who had died of natural causes, now the moral issue goes away as far as I'm concerned. But when you're using body parts Mm -hmm. of people that you are intentionally killing. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. And by the way, it's off the subject a little bit, and we'll get back on it here real quick. It's interesting. Joseph Mengele is the guy called the doctor of death who was at Auschwitz and did all these horrific medical experiments, especially involving twins. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff he did was just... Ghastly. It was inhuman. Yeah, inhumane, exactly. Well, he escaped after the war. Mm Mm-hmm. And he never got caught. He died in South America. During the time he was in South America, he earned his living as an abortionist. That's what he did for a living. Yeah. It's the same type of ghastly mentality that we now see in every abortion clinic in this country. Well, one thing we need to point out here, you're talking about when you're intentionally getting parts, these middlemen have the arrangements with the clinics. And so they'll have requests for parts coming in. They'll have a list of orders of stuff. If you've got a woman there who's questioning whether or not she has an abortion, but her baby has the parts that you need, you're not going to tell me there's not incentive to encourage her to get an abortion so you can harvest those parts. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And one of our infiltrators made the point 
that when they got their orders in in the morning, and we've got copies of mm-hmm. the actual orders, yeah. naming who they are, who the people are that are buying them, who are selling them. What they want, how they want them procured. How they want them procured, how they want them stored, how they want them shipped. Yeah. She said that um, they would look out sometimes on the waiting room, and they take that list that would be faxed to them in the morning mm-hmm. and say, these are the things that we need. Mm-hmm. They'd look out and say, oh, she's a good candidate for this one. Mm-hmm. And if they had somebody that was a little hesitant or maybe not quite sure they want to have an abortion, they would get them in first, make sure she didn't change her mind. Well, in the deal that Delighton exposed, they had one of the people there who was talking about what happens if a woman doesn't give her consent, and sometimes they would just look the other way. Just get, how does she know? Yeah. She doesn't know what they do with the parts of the baby after she mm-hmm. leaves. This idea that you're going to get consent from all these people is a waste of time. Yeah. It's not going to happen, and it doesn't matter if it doesn't happen because well, you can't verifi- prove it. What's the verification process on this? Who oversees to make sure that all this is actually right. genuine? Right. There is nobody. And that's the reality of all of this. Mm-hmm. And I've got a list of little things here that we found in the parts requests. Intact brains preferred, but large pieces of brain may be usable. Note gender if possible. Now, in this article that came out, talking about the information Judicial Watch exposed. The FDA doctor requests tissue samples to be procured from a baby boy, as they claim it is strongly preferred to have a male fetus if at all possible. But undetermined sex or female is better than no tissue. And then the the middleman replied, we only check external genitalia, and if it's not there, we have no way of telling. In other words... These babies are getting ripped apart. They can't even tell if they're male or female. Yeah. And they don't care. Yeah. Here's another request. Tissue should be removed and prepared within a maximum of 10 minutes after circulation has stopped. Right. Arms and legs do not have to be intact. They may be separated at joints. Whole eyes, 20 to 24 weeks. Remove eye with as much an optic nerve intact as possible and within two hours if possible. Here's one that said, need not have the entire specimen, meaning the entire baby, as long as the spinal column is intact. Now, here's what I think is one of the um, really notable ones here. Requested 12 to 15 week liver, whole if possible, to be used for primate implantation. Creation of human monkey chimeras is one of the research. A chimera is is an animal that's had human parts created in it. Now, in the procurement... There's some interesting things here. Eyes must be intact, and specimens over 16 weeks must appear firm. Remove eyes carefully so as not to puncture with scissors. The older gestation, the more durable the eye. Procure both eyes when possible and specify whether one or two was obtained in records because service fee may be per eye, not per pair. In other words, we want our money. Right. We're not trying here to gross anybody out or upset anybody. uh But... If this is going to be going on in our culture, mm-hmm. we need to know about it. We can't just look out here and say this is a bunch of people in white lab coats that are doing humanitarian work. Yeah. If you're going to accept this, and understand, this is the problem here is not what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's who they're doing it to. Yeah. These are babies that were intentionally killed. Yeah. And most of them, obviously, by the fact that they're saying we need tissue from healthy babies 24 weeks. Or we need this within 10 minutes. Right. That means they know mm-hmm. that these babies are perfectly healthy. Yeah. So a perfectly healthy 24-week baby mm-hmm. can be chopped up. But the gland I want to talk about here, the pituitary gland, it's a gland that's inside the brain. 
And this is from the company, one of these middleman companies mm -hmm. that one of our spies worked for. Mm -hmm. Pituitary again, gestation, 20 to 24 weeks, C diagram. They've got a diagram here. The most difficult to obtain tissue because of its small size and fragility. Great care must be taken when examining the base of the skull. Oftentimes, presence of pituitary is a function of how the head is detached from the body of the fetus during the abortion and how badly the head is crushed. If head remains attached to the body, pituitary will likely be present. Also, pituitary can remain, even if head is crushed. If base of skull is intact, where optic nerves enter the brain, pituitary is positioned directly in the center of the small cavity created by two bony structures as shown. Do not attempt to remove pituitary from the skull. Instead, what they're telling you here is ship us the whole skull mm. with the brain and everything in it. But they have to make sure this stuff is fresh when they get it. Mm -hmm. And they use what's called media. Mm -hmm. And it's... Uh, Saline, right? Well, it's got nutrients in it mm -hmm. to keep the part fresh okay. during the shipping process. Do not attempt to remove pit from skull. Instead, put as much of the head as will fit in a urine cup and fill it to the top with RPMI media. Make sure skull is cracked open or split to allow cold media to contact the gland. If you must trim the skull to fit in the specimen container, do so by removing the crown. The presence of other tissues, such as brain, is not necessary, but may help integrity of the pit cavity. I'm not going to go it's on disgusting. with this. But what they're saying is crack the skull open. Yeah and put the media in the skull mm -hmm. so that the pituitary gland stays fresh, put it on dry ice, and ship us the whole thing in a urine cup. Ugh. And again, the issue here is that if we as a culture are going to tolerate this, mm -hmm. not on babies that died from natural causes or from a trauma or an accident of some sort, but from a baby that was intentionally killed mm -hmm. and the part sold for profit, this is obscene, and people need to know yeah. the kind of information we have here. Well, and this is what legalized abortion all leads to, and I want to get to the recovery protocol for an intact fetus. So there are medical researchers who request the entire baby. They want the baby either because they want the part whole or they need something from the baby that has to be intact. The person who was doing the procurement of these parts had a thing written here for the protocol of recovering an intact fetus. And one of the steps here is make sure it's actually dead. So make sure it's not alive. Step three, please call support staff if there is a live fetus for steps to take. I wonder what those steps are. Well, we know they usually what they did was drown them. They'd put water into a stainless steel bucket and drown the babies. If fetus is intact and not alive, call staff ASAP to place tissue. Now, one other thing in this protocol stuff that I find is interesting is they mention in order after order that the tissue has to be obtained under sterile or clean conditions. Now, if this is a sterile environment and abortion clinics are maintaining proper hygiene... Why do you have to even bring that why up? Why do you have to bring that up? Right. Wouldn't that be obvious? So what they're saying is these people know how disgusting the clinics are. Right. And they're requesting that they do it cleanly. They have to ask them to keep things clean. Right. But the point we want to make here, or one of the points is, I don't want people to read this stuff, mm -hmm. like these new articles out by uh, Federalist or whoever's come out with these articles. And think and, this is something new that's just yeah, happened overnight. Yeah, we revealed this. It was Life Dynamics that did the undercover work. We revealed this 20 years ago. 
What this does show is that it's still going on. And it's still going on. And one of the points I want to make is something that I've said many, many times to people that have listened to this podcast or watch our old Life Talk or seen the stuff I've written. There is no force on earth, in nature, anywhere, mm -hmm. that is more dangerous than science that is isolated from morality. Yeah. And you have a lot of people who are in science who will say things like, there'll be researchers or they're doctors or they're whatever they, and they'll say, look, I don't get involved in the moral issues. I'm a scientist. I'm not the Pope. I'm not a preacher. That's for other people. And I'm thinking... Morality is the only thing keeping us from doing horrible things with science. That's the well, only thing these, separating us from doing terrible things. You know, you cannot say as a human being, mm -hmm. morality has nothing to do with this. Morality affects your everyday Every, decisions. Everything. And if yeah. you're going to say, we're going to insulate science from morality... Then it goes to someplace dark. Then you've got major, major problems. Well, if you're saying that morality has no bearing on science, then what makes Mengele's experiments so atrocious? Right. If that's your point, then what you're saying What's is the moral Mengele's problem? experiments were just fine. Well, see, these people always try to get on their high horse. When one of these guys gets caught doing something that everyone agrees mm -hmm. is morally reprehensible, then all of a sudden, oh, that's morally indefensible. They shouldn't have been doing that. But before they get caught, they never say that. Yeah. And there's this attitude that you see in a lot of um, scientific communities where the attitude is, if we can do it, we should do it. Yeah. And there's certain things that we might be physically capable of doing that we shouldn't do. Now, like I said, when you have science mm -hmm. that is not controlled by morality, in which morality is not seen in, as an issue, these are the sort of things that you come up with. History and Mengele didn't do anything worse than any of these people are talking about yeah. if you take morality out of it. Well, and something about the government buying parts that I want to mention. Yes, it's awful that the government is buying parts, but even if they weren't, okay, let's say they weren't buying parts. A lot of these orders were coming from universities that get government dollars. Government funding. For their research. Right. So even if the government wasn't directly paying for it, they're still paying for it. There's, no, the government's not paying for anything. Sorry, you're paying for the it. The taxpayers are paying mm -hmm. for it. Government does not have money that it doesn't steal from taxpayers. Yeah, this is coming from your pockets to pay for right. this. Now, I want to make one final point here. As you know, I have talked to you, even you, even recently, about some of the things that we know that we've never put out into the public. Yes. When we were doing this undercover investigation, we had people that we've never talked about, infiltrators, and people that came from this industry yeah, mm -hmm. who told us some things that we've never revealed. We've never put out into the public. Mm -hmm. But the problem is we need a budget to go in and research this stuff and investigate it. If we had that sort of budget, let me tell you something. This baby parts thing. It's only scratching the surface. It's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. I even had a guy who was a former head of research and development for a large pharmaceutical company, mm -hmm. called me when all this stuff was revealed. And we got a lot of national press and, mm -hmm. and so forth over this. At the time, he called me. He said, look, you guys don't have any idea what you've stumbled across here. Just how deep this goes. This, how big it is. Mm -hmm. If you think, what he said, if you think the big issue here is that some abortion clinics are making an extra three to $5,000 a month selling baby parts, he said, that is chicken feed. That is nothing. And then he started telling me some stuff that confirmed 
things that you had found and heard. Some, some of the things that we had stumbled across. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to further research this, so we didn't want to poison yeah. the well too much by talking about it out in public and making it harder to research. But this thing has gone on now. And it's gone on from the issue of fetal tissue research and what was at play there. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you something that I honestly believe, and I've talked to other people in this behind the scenes that are not necessarily pro-life and pose this, and they all agree that it's possible. We came to the conclusion that it's very likely that there are living babies out there who were supposedly aborted, but a woman's under general anesthetic. She wakes up, she doesn't know what happened, right? Mm-hmm. And we have reason to believe in some of the things that we found. And I'm convinced sometimes these babies are taken out alive and intact, and now they are what's called off the books. Nobody knows they exist except the people who took them. And they still could be alive. And they could still be alive right now. You don't want to think that. It's scary to think about. Right. But the more you learn about this, the more you hate to admit it. But, yeah, that could be a possibility. When you look at some of the things that are done, you think, that's really the only explanation for that, mm-hmm. yeah. is that they're taking the babies out alive. Mm-hmm. So this has now moved beyond baby parts. It's escalated, too. Into yeah. this chimera thing where they're, mm-hmm. they're attaching human parts and trying to grow human parts in pigs and in animals. And now they're looking at all sorts of things with gene splicing, gene editing, mm-hmm. all these other issues that are going on. Finding ways to grow body parts for humans That's one thing, you know, that may have intrinsic value, but that's just the starting point of where all this starts. Then you start getting into the gene splicing and mutation and basically playing God at some point. And gene editing and saying we can create what Hitler sought, which was the master race. Or just create whatever species we want, right? Or there is research that is being done that would enable people to, they say, create a human life Mm -hmm. without a fertilized human egg. Yeah. Or artificially fertilized human egg. We are looking at right now, you and I have been talking here recently, and we've, mm-hmm. we've talked to some people even outside the organization, about putting out a video. Of all that we know. Of all the stuff that we've never talked about before. And some of it is truly frightening. The problem that we have with this video is it will raise more questions than it gives answers. Yeah. But these are questions that we need to be looking at. And somebody out there knows the answer to these questions. Yeah. So we're looking at that, and we may be coming out with something here. We're looking at the mechanism to do this by. But this stuff is really scary. We'll have the links to all this in the description so you can see it. Go see this stuff for yourself. All the documentation we have. And the important thing to remember here is this stuff all came out of just one facility for a short length of time. So this is just a... Tip the iceberg. Tiny amount. All we were trying to get at the time was documentation that what our infiltrators were telling us is true. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've got. So go look it over if you've never seen this stuff before. Or if you think we're crazy. Well, we probably are. But <laughs> if, you, if you deal with this garbage every day, you're going to go crazy. So I that, think I'm remarkably sane, all things considered. Mm, I don't know. But just stay tuned. There's more to come on this. And, mm-hmm. and uh There's some stuff going on here that's bizarre, to say the least. And make sure you share this episode with everybody you know. This is important information. Right. And have them go look at all this information. When I say that it's important for you to understand that Life Dynamics is the one that came out with this stuff 20 years ago, it's not from an ego standpoint. No. The problem that we've had over the years 
is other organizations that get involved in this and don't know what they're talking about mm -hmm. and say a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. The parole boards come back and destroy that, and it affects the whole system. Yeah. So it's important. Go to the source. Yeah. The original source on all this was Life Dynamics. We've got a ton of stuff on our website that you can go and read mm -hmm. and see how this system works and see what happened when the congressional hearings came along. And that was really interesting. We were stabbed in the back by yeah. some Republicans, which is nothing new for the pro-life movement. That's standard procedure. Anyway, this is a very serious subject and one that everybody needs to be versed on. Yeah, make sure you leave a review of this episode in particular, but leave a review of the podcast. Share this episode with everybody you know. And then when you're done with that, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We're on a whole bunch of them, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox. The list goes on. Right. Anyway, that's all the time we have. Do you have anything else? Nope. That's all I have. We will see you next Thursday. Hopefully that show won't be as grotesque <laughs> as grim. this one. Yeah. But when these things came out, we thought, hey. People need to know. People need to know this is the source of a lot of bad information that's out there right now. Yeah. So anyway, until next Thursday, remember, Life Dynamics is not here to put up a good fight. Mm -mm, we're here to win. Because winning is how the killing stops. We will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.